Hey, welcome to Liquid Church Online. My name is Keon and I'm one of the pastors here. If you're new to Liquid, welcome and happy Easter. You know, something you should know about us, our church exists to build people up with the hope and love of God. So no matter who you are or where you've been, you're welcome here. You know, Liquid is one church meeting in multiple locations. We meet in buildings like this all across New Jersey. We also have people from more than 60 countries around the world worship with us each week through Church Online. So you're in good company. If you wanna connect with us one-on-one -on -one and get a free gift in the process, go ahead and text Liquid Gift to 94090. We'd love to hear from you. You know, something else you should know about Liquid. Our church is action-oriented and we're passionate about serving those in our community locally and those across the globe. You know, faith in action looks like serving our homeless brothers and sisters right here in New Jersey. It's also bringing safe, clean drinking water to families in Central America and Africa. We strive to make a meaningful impact to demonstrate the love of Jesus. If you wanna partner with us in the work we do, you're welcome to give to our ministry. It's simple to do at liquidchurch.com give. Hey, thank you in advance for helping us make an impact. So what can you expect today? Well, this is a celebration. You know, Easter is a time of hope and redemption, of second chances and new beginnings. But what makes the Easter story so remarkable is that it starts out with death, the physical death of Jesus. It's a story of mourning that turns into rejoicing. Let me encourage you, by the way, that if you're in a season of mourning or despair, it's not the end of your story. In fact, today, you'll hear stories from real people in our church about how they've experienced the breakthrough power of Jesus in their own lives. We also have incredible worship music and powerful preaching all woven together to share the Easter story in a way that leaves you feeling more than just uplifted. We hope you leave today feeling expectant that God is going to do something great in your life. changing behaviors till we get exhausted. There's no way we can save us because our God has a plan and he'll use our mistakes to shake the foundation of the world he created. And it happens in waves. It's his mercy, our failure, his patience, our failure, his greatness, our failure, but his love isn't shaking. It's erasing our failure. 
And his plan was a man who would die and he'd save us. But he made himself low, so low that we missed him. But he came to our mess and lifted us rebels. No man can rise to his level. For there is but one who causes the darkness to tremble. I'm here in Feltsville, New Jersey, also known as the Desert Village. 
In the 1700s, this was a thriving and alive community full of families and noise. But now, it's nothing more than a broken monument to a time long ago. Once alive, but now dead. You know, towns and villages like this dot all over America as a stark reminder that everything that's once alive and thriving will one day die. Can I share a shocking statistic with you? Right now where you live, the death rate is stuck at 100%. Don't believe me? You can go ahead and Google it. Life on this earth is terminal. It holds true whether you're in Feltsville or wherever your hometown is. At some point, each of us are gonna take our last breath. Some of us will be buried underground or maybe cremated and have your ashes scattered to the wind or in the ocean. But the truth is that life on earth ends for all of us. And we don't like to think about it, do we? But the scriptures are clear. People are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. I am in one of the oldest cemeteries in central New Jersey. This is actually where the founders of Feltsville are laid to rest. There's about two dozen people that are in this small cemetery. They all came to Feltsville with so much hope about the future they could build. And eventually, they passed on. And this is where they ended. In fact, this is where we will all one day end. And that's how Easter begins. Easter starts with the end, the end of Jesus' life. You know, Jesus of Nazareth died at the age of 33 years old in a barbaric way. You know, eyewitnesses tell us that Jesus was crucified, stretched out on a Roman cross, nails put into his hands and his feet, which is how the Romans would execute criminals in the ancient world. In fact, crucifixion is where we get the word excruciating from. Jesus experienced one of the most excruciating deaths in human history. His body was broken, pierced, and after hanging on the cross for hours, his body collapsed in on itself and Jesus died. In the Gospel of Mark, it says Jesus let out a loud cry and breathed his last. I mean, can you imagine? There were actually eyewitnesses of the moment God's son took his last breath and departed this life. The King James renders that verse this way. It says, Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. You know, one of Jesus' followers took his broken body down and placed it in a tomb carved out of rock. Matthew records how he rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away, leaving Jesus all alone. Endings are so hard. Like, look at this building behind me. It's in complete disrepair. The, the porch is broken down. The roof's caved in. The windows are shattered. And endings can be depressing. They can be unsettling. And I'm guessing you can relate. Because I know some of you are thinking, when you look at the house behind me, you're thinking, that's my 2020. Maybe you had hopes or a dream that was actually completely falling apart, that was caved in, a business or career completely shattered or a death of a cherished relationship. Some of you are still mourning the loss of someone you loved, a grandparent, a parent, a sibling, or even a friend 
who was here with you 12 months ago, but now they're gone. And even though 2021 is a new year, maybe you still feel entombed. You feel alone. You know, as a pastor, I see all around me people struggling with isolation, anxiety, and depression. For them, it's still winter. Everything is broken down. You know, winter is a season when everything that was once alive, it withers, it dies. It goes underground. But Easter marks a turning point. It's the end of winter. Easter is God's sign that springtime is here. And at the end of winter, we experience the end of death and the promised new life, resurrection life, a fresh start. You know, on Easter, I think about how this deserted village and how when the settlers first came here, they were so full of hope with all of their families, excited about the future that they wanted to create. All that life, all that vitality, but it's over. It's gone. It's the cycle of life, new birth, life, decline. And when we're living without Jesus, it is death that has the final word. My entire life, I have struggled with suicidal thoughts. As a kid, I thought this was completely normal. I thought every 10-year-old felt abandoned, neglected, scared, and all alone. But as a teenager and into my 20s, things only got worse. I was dealing with a deep-rooted trauma that manifested into eating disorders, self-harm, and depression. Eventually, I tried to numb the pain with alcohol and drugs, but any relief I found was temporary. It felt like a nonstop battle that I was losing. I was at the end of my rope, and I desperately wanted the war raging in my head to end, so I decided to take my own life. My childhood was chaotic. I experienced physical, sexual, and emotional abuse. I was bullied at school. My parents had their own struggles, and I just felt forgotten. In my teens, I started smoking and drinking socially, but I moved on to harder drugs in my early 20s. But it was the drinking that never stopped. It is the very reason I lost my job as a police officer. My addiction ran my life. I felt so lost and I was consumed by the guilt and shame. It was in that absolute state of despair that I ended up overdosing and I thought my life was over. I was in love with my childhood sweetheart. We were in a long distance relationship with plans to marry. But when I moved to New Jersey, I discovered he was a functioning alcoholic. Within the next two years, he would spiral out of control. Gary was my first love and my best friend, but I had to end our relationship. After some time passed without hearing from him, I went to his apartment to check on him and I discovered him in the bathroom dead. He had been deceased for days. Empty bottles were everywhere. I felt so much guilt, shame, and grief. I blamed myself for abandoning him. Could I have done more? Could I have saved him? Was this my fault? Thank you.
Hey guys, happy Easter. You know, not a lot of people know this, but the tomb where Jesus was buried wasn't actually located in a cemetery. It was located in a garden. You know, the eyewitness testimony of John says, at the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Now, if you visit Israel today, it's located in a site called the Garden Tomb. And I remember walking around that garden just being surprised, you know, although it contained a grave, it was more like a greenhouse brimming with new life, full of budding branches and plants sprouting up from the ground. You know, I think of a garden or a greenhouse like this, it reminds me that as Christians, we can have hope. Even when things appear dead or dormant, 
On that first Easter morning, Jesus' followers, they were devastated. They had no hope they'd ever see their Savior again. And they probably were thinking, well, that's it. This is the end. But let me tell you something. In God's greenhouse, death is just the beginning. It's the doorway to new life, a resurrection kind of life. The first people to arrive in the garden were women, some of Jesus' most loyal female followers. Guys, leave it to the ladies to show up on time, right? <laughs> and Luke records that when they arrived at the tomb to pay their respects, they actually saw something kind of strange. The giant stone that was sealing Jesus' grave was gone. It was removed. It says, but very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they prepared, and they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. These are angels. And the women were terrified. They bowed with their faces to the ground. And then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. I mean, can you imagine the shock of those poor ladies? They go to the garden with some flowers or spices for Jesus' grave, but his body's gone. It's risen. It's resurrected. The Apostle Paul confirms that Christ was buried. He was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the 12. And after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. So guys, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people saw Jesus after he defied death and rose to life. And that gives you and me great hope because Jesus conquered death by the power of God. You know what it means? New life is possible for anyone who believes. With Jesus, there's new life waiting beyond the grave, kind of like this garden shows us. Sometimes people ask me, hey, Pastor Tim, what happens after we die? Like after our body goes in the ground? And the Bible says the exact same thing that happened to Jesus will happen to every person who puts their faith in him. It's kind of like these seeds. You guys have seen this, right? Come on. You look at them, you look at seeds, and you're like, not much life here. They look small, dead, but here's the deal. When you bury a seed in the soil, watch this, that's when new life begins. The Bible says when you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And that's what you put in the ground. It's not the same plant that's gonna grow. It's only a bare seed of, you know, whatever it is you're planting. You guys get the metaphor. It's the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they'll be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they'll be raised in glory. They're buried in weakness, but they'll be raised in strength. Isn't that cool? The idea is that the resurrection life of Jesus is available to me and you. Even if your body is broken, maybe riddled with cancer or compromised by COVID or crippled with anxiety, at some point, we're all buried in brokenness like seeds buried in the soil. But when Jesus returns or calls us home to heaven, watch this, 
it's Easter all over again. Like Jesus, our body will be raised in strength and glory and suddenly those small seeds sprout up into beautiful, incredible blooms. And this beauty, look at those. It's nothing like the broken body that was buried in the ground. They're glorious. The Apostle Paul writes this. Let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be, what's the word, transformed. It'll happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet's blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who've died, they will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. Guys, the gospel or the good news of Easter is this. With Jesus, death isn't the end. It's the doorway to transformation. So when you put your faith in Jesus's death, but his resurrection, think about what happens. You receive forgiveness of your sins, the hope of heaven, and the guarantee of a resurrection body that is whole and healed and transformed, glorified, just like Jesus was transformed forever. And guys, that same love and power that raised Jesus, let me tell you, God can raise you too. On Easter, think of it this way, God turns graves into gardens, baby. It's a world brimming with life and color. I mean, the Bible practically screams and sings and celebrates the resurrection reality. Paul says this, oh death, where's your victory now, baby? Oh death, where's your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that cool? You can hear the celebration of Easter. God turns graves into gardens, baby. In his hands, broken little seeds become these beautiful blooms. Broken bones and bodies begin rattling with resurrection power. It was at my lowest of lows that I met Jesus. I remember waking up and very vividly thinking, I need to get control of my thoughts. I can't live like this. So in the midst of my darkness, I started a relationship with Jesus. I began to speak God's truth over and against the negative and suicidal thoughts that still came to me. And in the process, I started to find hope and healing. Pretty soon, God's unconditional and radical love wasn't just something I believed intellectually, but something I experienced wholeheartedly. With God by my side, the darkness I was in became lighter. After I overdosed, I woke up in the hospital and cried for days. I was overcome with emotion because I realized that Jesus literally saved me from death. I had a sense of clarity that can only come from the Holy Spirit and I can suddenly see that Jesus had always been with me. I haven't touched drugs or alcohol since I landed in that hospital. Jesus gave me the strength. I needed to find hope, healing, and recovery through God's love. God gave me a new lease on life. I kept blaming myself for my former fiance's death. I needed relief from the heavy burden of guilt, and I reached out to God for comfort. I asked my small group and group leaders at Liquid to pray for me. I took long walks talking to God, praying and crying out for strength to overcome my pain. And as I pursued God, my walks began to restore me. It was on one of these walks that I heard from God. He told me that it wasn't my fault. In fact, he pulled me out of that terrible situation before it could consume and destroy me. I realized that while I was still grieving, God was with me. 
He not only saved my life, he had a plan for my life. There's a story in the Old Testament that I love. It paints this powerful picture of resurrection, and it's in the book of Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel was a prophet or a mouthpiece for God, and 
He had this vision where he looks around and all he sees are dry bones. They're like scattered on a valley floor. Think about that, bones scattered everywhere. It's a pretty bleak picture of death, of decay, brokenness. But God tells Ezekiel to do something kind of strange. He says, I want you to start preaching to the bones. And something amazing starts to happen. Ezekiel says, suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. And the bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. And, and then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, then skin formed to cover their bodies. It's a pretty surreal vision, but can you imagine this? Those old, dry, dusty bones, they suddenly start to rattle. And as they rattle and rattle and rattle, the bones of the body start to assemble. I mean, muscles and flesh form around them. In other words, new life is rising up out of death. And friends, that is the rattle of resurrection. It's a foretaste of Easter. God tells Ezekiel to actually keep preaching. So I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet. A great army. I love this story because it's this picture of the people of God, of you, of me, rattling and rising up in resurrection power. Can you feel that in your spirit? Can you hear it in your heart? Guys, Easter is the sound of dry bones rattling. Just like the grave couldn't contain Jesus, it can't contain you either. Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it now lives in you and me. And it is the rattle of resurrection that cries, open the grave, baby. I'm coming out. I'm going to live. I'm going to live again. Easter is the sound of dry bones rattling. And that means something pretty cool. It means even if your dreams dried up or you lost something precious and it's painful for you right now, you can have hope this Easter. God loves you so much. He can bring hope out of your heartache, new life out of death, and turn your grave into a garden, just like Jesus did. Can you hear it? It's the rattle of resurrection.
If you recognize this place, then you'll know I'm standing along the Jersey City waterfront. I love seeing people outside, the sun is warming the sky, the buildings, the water, it all fills me with hope that spring is here and I feel most alive when I'm outside in nature and today I feel it even more because I'm reminded of how Jesus brought victory to all of us through his resurrection. And the best part is that the story doesn't end there because if you just stop at Jesus's resurrection then you're gonna miss the bigger story that God is inviting you into. You see, one of my favorite parts of the Easter story is that Jesus entrusted the news of his resurrection to women. And in the first century, women were marginalized, they were dismissed, and they were looked down upon. Their voices didn't count, and they couldn't even be witnesses in a court of law. Now, I'm a lawyer by training, and yes, a female, so I love the fact that Jesus entrusted his resurrection message to a group of women. As they searched for Jesus, an angel said to them, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. The women were overwhelmed at first, but eventually Mary Magdalene delivered the message to the 12 disciples that Jesus was alive. And he had a mission for them, to take the news of his resurrection power and spread it to the entire world. That's one reason I love Easter so much, because Jesus' resurrection not only displayed the power of God over death, but it also awakened and empowered people on the margins of society. And this same power is still at work in our world today. In fact, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have that power inside of you. Look at what Jesus promised his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Did you hear that, church? Before Jesus returned to his Father in heaven, he gave us a helper, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the empowering presence of Jesus that is alive and at work in you, transforming you from the inside out. Jesus didn't return to heaven and leave us to fend for ourselves. He gave us the gift of his Spirit an all-powerful spirit of the living God who empowers you to be who God created you to be. And this isn't any normal power either. It's the same power that raised Jesus straight out of the grave. I want you to listen to God's amazing promise in Romans. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Guys, the same Holy Spirit who raised Jesus is resurrecting you and me. So we have nothing to fear. With death defeated by Jesus' life, we have everything to live for and everything to look forward to. On the cross, Jesus canceled our sin debt to God, but He didn't stop there. When he was raised to life, he promised us a spirit-filled future that brings healing, restoration, and hope into our lives and world. 
And as God transforms you with His Spirit, He is preparing you to be an agent of transformation. That's what the Spirit does. He transforms everyone and everything He touches. He makes the impossible possible. He makes dead things come back to life. Dead relationships are restored, dead marriages are resurrected, and even deadly cycles of addiction can be broken and shattered forever. In the aftermath of the resurrection, Jesus' disciple turned the world upside down and changed it forever. And in the same way, God wants you to turn our world upside down through normal, everyday people like you and me. In fact, let me invite you to listen to how God's resurrection power is changing lives and transforming those around us. Even though I had this new faith in Jesus and I stood on His truth, my faith has been tested. When my 15-year-old nephew was diagnosed with stage 4 brain cancer, it was heartbreaking. Seeing the hurt in my sister's eyes as she buried her oldest son two years later was unbearable. There were days I was desperate to numb the pain and escape reality. But thankfully, Jesus was always right there with me. I learned that God is still good even when the world is not. And I know, whatever storm may come my way, I won't weather it alone. Jesus will be with me, just as He always has been. My life is nothing short of miraculous. I've been given a second chance, and I can clearly see God's purpose for my life. After my recovery, I earned two master's degrees, which prepare me for my career. Today, I run a substance abuse facility. I have dedicated my life to helping people who struggle with addiction just as I did. I believe and I know Jesus saved me to carry his message of hope and love into the world. God has not only provided healing, he's transformed a tragedy into my testimony. I'm amazed at how he continually places people in my path. People who've lost loved ones and are struggling with the feelings of guilt and shame as I once did. I've had the privilege of sharing my experience and God's love with them. They've been so open to hearing about Jesus that it's transforming them from the inside out. And every time I share my story, it pulls me out of my own grief. Because of Jesus, I am renewed, restored, and hopeful for the future. Guys, it's Easter. If you want that same power that raised Jesus from the dead to come alive inside of you, I want to invite you to do something right now. I want to challenge you to put your full faith in Jesus for eternal life today. It's Easter. Because of Jesus' resurrection, we know definitively death is not the end. It's the doorway to a life transformed by God. So when you put your faith in Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection to life, I want you to think about what happens, what you receive. You receive the forgiveness of all your sins, past, present, and future. You receive the hope of heaven and the promise of a resurrection body, whole and healed and glorified. Just like Jesus was, you'll be transformed forever. So how do you receive that gift? It's, it's God's gift of grace. Well, it's actually pretty simple. Grace means gift. And you get it, you can't earn a gift, you don't deserve a gift. Out of deep love, God offers you the gift of salvation totally free, out of grace, out of his love. And you can only receive a gift with a grateful heart. So wherever you're watching, let me invite you to receive God's gift of salvation right now. And you can do that by just praying maybe a super simple prayer along with me, no fancy words. You might pray something like this, just pray with me. Say, 
Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. I turn from them today. I believe you were raised to life. And on Easter, I invite you to come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. I received your gift of eternal life. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Bring me to life spiritually. I want to live the rest of my life with you and for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, listen, if you just prayed that salvation prayer, let me be the first to welcome you into the family of God. Today's a new day. It's a spiritual birthday for you. You know what the Bible says? You've been born again into true faith in Christ. And this is just the beginning. You know, as a church, we'd love to just come alongside you on this journey with Jesus to transformation and help you start walking with Christ every day. So as a next step, can I ask you? Text me. If you prayed that prayer just now, I want you to take out your phone and you can text me right now. Just text Journey with Jesus to 94090. Do it right now. Just let me know. You invited Jesus into your heart and our team's going to send you some information that's going to help jumpstart your journey with Jesus. He's alive, you know, and this is the season to start growing and live the resurrection life that God has for you. So happy Easter and welcome to the family of God.
Amen. You know, Easter is a celebration of Jesus's rescue and the new life that you and I get. And if you just pray with Pastor Tim and you ask Jesus to rescue you, I want to congratulate you. You've just taken a step that can change the trajectory of your entire life. And I hope you caught this. You now have the gift of his spirit alive and at work in you. And if that's you, our prayer team would love to pray with you. You can request prayer right now. And if you haven't already, remember to text Journey with Jesus to 94090. Now, if you're wondering, you know, what do I do now? This is it. Text us and let us help you take your next steps on this journey. Hey, we appreciate everyone tuning in today. You know, it's awesome to celebrate our risen Savior with you. And we hope to see you again next time. Have a great Easter.